What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is still July 26, 2020, Sunday. Time to talk a little baseball and more specifically the happenings in Southern California baseball, the scene. Uh, that's where we are, myself and my co host, Brianna Winner, who is uh, uh, located up in the OC area. Southern California, um, native as well. Well, maybe not native, but lives in Southern California for quite a long time. Big Angels fan, also big Cubs fan, but we're going to hone in on her Angels knowledge here on this Southern California podcast, uh, Southern California baseball podcast. I should say, if you haven't, after you're done here with this podcast, head to the website, head to wherever you're listening to this podcast. There is the MLB um, side of things that we've talked about. Uh, that was a great podcast, but in terms of the regionalized things, uh, Angels, Dodgers, and Padres, this is the podcast that we concentrate on those three things, because face it, that's what we do best. That, that's our specialty. That's my specialty, um, and I'm going to invite you all into my new favorite area, uh, my new favorite region of Southern California, um, the Winner Circle, where Brianna Winner is going to uh, give us her angel report as... Um, Look, we all uh, just pretty much, unless you're a Dodger fan, um, we all just saw our team finish up three games. Um, what are our, what are your thoughts on, uh, what are we looking at at the Angels here? First, being born and raised in Los Angeles, you'd think I would be a Dodger fan. Sorry, Dodger fans. I am not. Um, you're raised right. You're raised right. Good, good parenting. That's great parenting there. Shout out to the parents. Um, so obviously, Rendon is still out. But there is good sign as he was seen hitting batting practice today, as well as doing some fielding uh, prior to the game. Uh, during the Angel game today, they said that Matt is expecting him to start off at the DH position before fully coming back. So we will be seeing him in the lineup hopefully soon against the Astros, um, since that's two series away. So hopefully we see him in that series. But going into this weekend, obviously the Angels were the first to deal with the international tiebreaker, um, losing to the A's in Grand Slam fashion. Uh, that hurt me at night. It sucked. Um, and then obviously today, um, Fletcher went four for four. Trout hit his first home run of the season. He went one for seven prior to today's game. Um, and he had four RBIs with, and then Goodwin was two for four in this game as well. Obviously they lost six to four but they did win yesterday. So they are now one and two going into the Mariners series after tomorrow. So they do have one more game left in this series before um, the Mariners come down to Anaheim. Perfect. So, so get a chance to get things together. And, and I was interested. I mean, uh, international tie break, if you aren't 100% sure, that is what is the second runner on second base. Um, I saw a different variation. Um, pretty much, I think I've seen, um, I saw highlights of the Angel game. Obviously, Brianna lets you all know what happened there. Um, we've seen different variations. Now, you've played um, with this rule um, on both sides. You've obviously been on the offensive side and the defensive side. What in your, I guess, that you've seen that, the strategies that you think teams are going to bring in um, and then the, the strategies that you think were best. Cause like I like talked about in the last podcast, look for, for a lot of us, we can all think about, Oh, well maybe if we were in this situation or that situation, we do this. 
but we've never actually been in that situation. Well, Brianna has. She's played in that in those scenarios, um, so she's literally seen it. So I'm really interested um, as to what you've um, seen in the past and what you think is is going to carry over into uh, this modern day baseball landscape, if you will, of extra innings. Obviously, they made it so then uh, the innings were going to be shorter after going to extra innings because of COVID. Baseball fans, you should get used to this by now. Um, obviously, it's a normal occurrence in softball, which is something that I played for seven years. Um, I've been on both sides. I obviously, I've been the runner on second base, and it's never fun to start there, obviously, when they know that they're gunning for you first if they don't get that batter out. And then I've also been on the offensive or the defensive side. I've been a catcher or I've been in other positions trying to make sure that that runner does not advance. Obviously with the angel game, they loaded the bases up and got the grand slam. Otani got picked off in a, it was stuck in a pickle when uh, they started that on Friday. Um, obviously the bunt situation that you saw in the Royals game Royals, um, was, would it be the best situation just to get that runner to move just so you have a chance to get another run. Obviously the angels did not do that because um, they just hit it. And obviously the momentum for the first baseman was being carried toward third base. So obviously that's when Otani got pickled out. Um, but yeah, then bunting would definitely be the best situation. And if you are on the defensive side, I would expect the bunt from now on, obviously, um, in the Royals game, they didn't expect it because obviously nobody has played with this before. And with softball, the fields are a lot smaller. But in baseball, you have a lot more room to deal with. So it's going to be easier for you guys to get the bunt down. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Just if you're stuck in that situation, start off with a bunt. Just try to get your batter to move. Obviously, don't do it on two strikes, though. I agree. And, and I think one thing now, I believe there are limitations to this rule. Um, or Mike Trout's leading the game off or leading the inning off. I don't, you know, certain people, no, we're not putting bunts down. But, you know, Andleton Simmons, um, Fletcher, I know he had a great game. But guys that, you know, you don't have full confidence in. You know, when Rendon comes back, he's probably not putting a sack bunt down unless it's, unless they're at home. And that's another thing, you know, they all talk about, um, you know, home or away. You know, if you're on a road team, maybe you feel that you need more than one run. Because yeah. you're gonna have someone on second base, no matter what. No matter what you do, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get out of your own jam in the bottom. Yeah, and I think it's gonna depend on who's on second base. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the rules of international tiebreaker are the last out from the previous inning is going to be who's on second base. So in the Angels' case, that was Otani. But if you've got someone like really fast, you obviously you want the bunt. But if you've got like power coming up next, don't worry about the bunt. Just try, but at the same time, you still want to try to get that runner to move over so you have a better chance at getting the run because obviously um, third base is better than second base to, Definitely. to score. Well, and just so many things can happen. You know, you get that wild pitch and all of a sudden the game's over or you're yeah. up by one, wherever, however that will. Whichever, um, you're, if you're visitor or home. Yeah, either way. And, and that's what I mean. It, it's similar. It's kind of like the college football rule. Uh, the overtime rule in terms of, you know, they're going to get a, a shot in field position, but you'll get that same shot. Now it's different in terms of walk-offs and that. I understand that, but somewhat similar. And I, I know myself, I would, unless you have those big bats, I would want to bunt. 
Um, but I will say this. There is a very small amount of players in this league that can put down a bunt successfully. It is not like it used to be. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be that get off my lawn guy right now. Like Guys just don't handle the bat the way they used to. Um, I go back to, I think it was the 2017 division series. Aaron Judge played five games. He struck out 23 times in those five games. Tony Gwynn played two or played the entire 1995 season, and it was like 144 games, 600 at-bats, and he struck out 20 times. Things are different. I understand that. But the ability to put down a bunt in those extra innings, especially if you're the home team. If you're the home team and you get out of the top inning or the top half of the inning with no runs scored, you almost have to bunt just because you have to put yourself in that situation. All you need is one. So it was – interesting to me to see that the Royals were the only team that tried this while I will say I do believe it um a lot of it does come down to the fact that these these guys just can't bunt and and the managers aren't comfortable uh putting the bunt sign down for these guys with a guy in with a runner in scoring position it just I think it just goes against everything that they've learned the last 20 years kind of shifting baseball culture Anything else on the uh, Angels? And, oh, and then obviously Otani today did, did not do well. But keep in mind that he had not pitched since August of 2018. So it has been almost two years since he had pitched in a game. So I'm hoping that he will come back from this even stronger. He's going to try to practice um, and fix what did not work today. Obviously, he faced six batters. Nobody was out. Gave up four, five runs. Um, so hopefully he'll come back from this, but I think he's going to be DHing the hopefully the majority of the week. Maybe they'll have him pitch against the Mariners before they hit, before they get the Astros. Um, obviously you, you kind of want him to pitch against the Astros, but at the same time, you want his bat at the same time. Well, and two, also, I think you'd want him to pitch against the Astros, but maybe not in this situation. Yeah. Um, because I'd rather throw him out against the Mariners where I have a lot, you know, he, he, his, his, even if he's, you know, C plus B minus stuff, he'll be able to survive. Um, as if I, I just think it would be terrible if he goes out there and another inning gives up five runs and really struggles again, because um, I don't think there's a more polarizing player in baseball other than maybe like a Bryce Harper or something. There are a lot of people who I, I hate to say it. I, they just want to see him fail because he is a two way player. Um, and whether it's right or wrong, I think it's stupid. I, I, I don't think you should root for someone to fail. I mean, now, obviously, there are certain situations in the middle of a game we're all somewhat, you know, rooting for someone to fail. But outwardly, you know, it's a bit much. Um, and I know there's a lot of Padre fans who are still bitter as can be because, you know, once Padre fans read that, you know, an international free agent is thinking about going to the Padres, then in their mind – he has to go to the Padres or he's the biggest idiot alive. So obviously he ended up going to the angels. I was bummed, you know, Hey, I, I, that would have been great to have Shohei Otani kind of the Babe Ruth 2.0. Um, but there are still Padre fans and I see it on Padres Twitter that will find any opportunity to uh, get after Shohei Otani. So they have the opportunity today, but I will say the fact that he started this way. Now he doesn't want to start this way. No pitcher ever wants to do it or, Never wants to be in a situation that happened today. But no matter what he does, it's going to be an improvement 
So at least he's going to progress. And uh, look, we've seen him pitch before. This isn't this isn't a situation where he's never going to be able to pitch again. He'll never get an out again. It's a hiccup. It's unfortunate that it was game three and there's so much um, scrutiny on early on. And yeah, there's, we're going to see it a lot on um, ESPN tonight. There's going to be a lot of people talking about it. But that's the best thing about baseball is, now maybe not for Oshejo Otani, but tomorrow there's another game. Let's go get it. You get another chance tomorrow to forget all about it. And I think Shohei Otani, he's, I think he's a mentally strong guy. Obviously, I don't know him. But I really do expect him to kind of bounce back. And um, moving on to the Padre report. Um, look, about four hours ago, it was a lot it was a lot nicer to be a Padre fan. And, you know, as usual, uh, unfortunately, the Padres did drop game three of the series, uh, series opener against the Diamondbacks. First two games, really, really good baseball. Uh, pretty much won both the same way. Uh, five to one, eight to one. Um, first two games, pitching was on point. Absolutely loved what we saw to Chris Paddock. He was bumping it up to 96-97, which is devastating when he can put that ball on the corner. Um, we saw Denilson Lament last night only walk one guy in five innings. Believe me, that is huge for him. For a guy that averaged uh, nearly 13 strikeouts per nine innings last year in only 70 innings, so it was a small sample size, but if he can go out and not average the four and a half walks per nine that he has, he's going to be very successful. And now he struggled a bit. Um, like I said, only one walk, but he was, I guess you could say, um, effectively or effectively wild. Um, so there were a lot of, you know, two and two counts. A lot of times we put himself in situations, probably could have been a little more conservative with his pitches. But at the end of the day, got the job done. Um, bullpen comes in. And a big part of the best part about those two wins for the Padres is who, who were the heroes? And it was Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. These two guys are, look, whether they like it or not, they're the face of the franchise because they are getting paid a lot of money. And they have been, they've been mediocre. And I'm probably being nice. Will Myers last year, I think, had a strikeout rate um, close to 40%. When you're going up there and you're striking out 40% of the time, you shouldn't be making a dollar, let alone 22 million of them. So for to see him go out um, and, and get the job done uh, last night and Hosmer on Friday night, the two, uh, six double or six RBIs, two bases clearing doubles, sets a Padre record. It was great to see him. Look, if, if you've listened to my offseason podcast and I talk about the Padres, it's about can Eric Hosmer and Will Myers be average baseball players? And guess what? They were above average this weekend. It is only th uh, three games. Obviously, today, the Padres did fall. I am a bit concerned. It was the first time that Jace Tingler was put into a situation where he had to manage a bullpen. He had to manage a baseball game um, and manage it to win. It was one nothing going into the seventh. He went um, – he went and got Tim Hill to get Cole Calhoun in the sixth inning. Runners on the corners, got it done. You go into the seventh up, one nothing, looking good. They go with uh, Emilio Pagan out of the bullpen, second appearance so far this season. He uh, he didn't get the job done. Uh, he gave up, I believe, three runs or four runs. Padres end up going um, three runs. I, I apologize. 
Padres go down. They end up losing this game. They tie it in the uh, bottom of the eighth, give it up in the ninth. Kirby Yates again. In a non-save situation, Kirby Yates is not good. I don't know if it's he needs the pressure. I don't know if he just needs to feel that he gets a save at the end of the game. We saw it last year. The only hiccups he had all season in a, in a year where he had a 1.1 ERA, the only hiccups he had were two games against the Dodgers back-to-back when he came in in the ninth inning and tie games and got the losses in both games. It's exactly what happened today. Padres did fight back, almost got it done in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, they did lose 4-3. to three. Jace Tingler got to get a hold of that bullpen a little bit better. I'm not a huge fan of Pagan. Um, in that seventh, uh, actually, I believe, I'm sorry, let me take that back. It was the eighth inning because Pomerantz pitched the seventh. Um, the first time seeing Tingler mess with that bullpen doesn't give me a ton of confidence. Padres are two and one. Um, they have another game against the Diamondbacks tomorrow. If they can take three out of four against the D-backs, that would be huge. But if they do, if they do lose that game, um, it would be tough considering where Padre fans were Saturday night where they're two and oh, and then, say that maybe this time tomorrow we might be two and two. I mean, we're used to this, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't mean it's fun for us. So hopefully um, we'll be talking about a, a Padre win tomorrow. Um, we, we will see, we do expect to see uh, Zach Davies go tomorrow for the Padres. So um, hopefully he can channel his inner Kyle Hendricks or is it Kyle Hendricks or Kyle Kendricks? Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks. Hendricks. Okay, yes. I don't For the Cubs, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, hopefully he can, uh, you know, pull another soft toss and, and uh, get, a, get a complete game. So that's the Padre report. And obviously I'm a huge Padre fan. Brianna, huge Angel fan. So we kind of tackled those reports. And then when it comes to the Dodgers, neither of us are really big fans of the team, but we're baseball fans. We'll do our due diligence here for the Southern California part of things. So talk a little Dodger baseball, um, and I'll try not to vomit, but – the first three games for the Dodgers, um, really, I think somewhat as you would expect. Now, obviously, yesterday, they lose to the Giants. Uh, it was very interesting to me. That would have been a David Price, I would assume. It would have been his start. Instead, it was Alex Wood. Obviously, I think I don't think he got out of um, the third or fourth inning. I know they, they touched him up pretty early in that game. Bullpen almost gave it away, but they end up holding on. Uh, the Giants do to win 5-4. So the Dodgers are 2-1 and one after two straight games. Uh, the first, actually, what, the first three games, or no, I'm sorry, the first two games, they looked like they were going to uh, pretty much blow the Giants out of every single game. Giants fight back. They will be getting going in game four and about, I, I think they go at seven. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Dodgers, I was impressed with them. Now the pitching side of things, it's kind of what I expected. I think the pitching is going to leave um, leave parts to be desired. I don't think they're nearly as good as they uh, possibly could be. They're very top-heavy. I liked what I saw out of Dustin May, but the third time through, it seemed like the Giants' uh, batters were getting to him. I'm uncautiously optimistic about the Dodgers. I don't think they're going to be the dominant team that everyone says they are. Uh, they're definitely going to score runs. Um, but I, I think the pitching might hamper this team. I don't know if they're a, you know, World Series, you know, favorite right now for me because of that pitching. What are your thoughts? Honestly, I think if David Price had not opted out, they would have been that dominant team with their pitching. Obviously, Kershaw went out uh, with a back sprain literally hours before the game. 
And Dustin May, I believe, who is a rookie, ended up coming in for his first um, like major league start. And he actually did pretty well for his first major league start. Um, but obviously, he's going to get rattled. It, it's the first, his first season in the majors. He's going to get better as time goes on in regards to that. Obviously, thankfully, there were no fans because um, that would have rattled him more. But I do think that the Dodgers will win tonight and, and go three and one. Obviously, they have been demolishing the Giants, um, but they did have a really off day yesterday. But I don't think we're going to see that until the next series when they do face the Astros in Houston, which obviously will be an interesting and exciting series to watch considering what happened in 2017. Exactly. And like I said, I think I alluded to it in the uh, MLB podcast. This is pretty much if, if uh, 2020, you know, if we get one thing from 2020 that we wouldn't have got regularly, all right, Dodgers, uh, Dodgers, Astros for six games instead of zero. We can live with that. So that'll be very interesting. Obviously two teams that I think the Astros have better pitching staff, um, but not by a ton, at least definitely starting staff. I think their bullpens, uh, their bullpen did not impress me today. Um, but the top heaviness of the Dodgers, especially if Kershaw, look, back stiffness, that's not, oh, okay, I'm good now. That might be something that he deals with all year. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But the Dodgers tonight are a pretty, pretty safe bet. Um, the Giants are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball, period. Uh, there's no other way to put it. They're a young team. Uh, they're they're going to do their best, but especially when you don't have – and the big guys aren't even really that good when it comes to Pence and um, Pence and Belt. And, I mean, like I said, Pablo Sandoval's batting third for the Giants. I think that's every single thing that you need to know about how the Giants are going to be this year. So as we shift from looking back, uh, let's look ahead. Uh, what our teams have on tap for this week. We will um, head back into the winner's circle. What do the Angels have coming up this week? Well, obviously they have the Mariners coming up after tomorrow, but the Mariners are in a rebuild somewhat in the same way that the Giants are. So I if Shohei Otani does pitch in this series, it's definitely for more practice than anything. And hopefully he does, what happened today doesn't happen again. And I really think he doesn't want that to happen again. Um, and then after that, they have the Astros at home. And obviously that would have been the opening day if um, opening day happened on time in March. So the Astros will have to face the Dodgers at home and then come to Anaheim to face the Angels. I'm just waiting for September for when the Astros head to Dodger Stadium. I'm hoping that fans will be involved. Like, it's going to be – that series is going to be an exciting and interesting one. Obviously, Verlander is not playing right now. So, hopefully that is better chances for the Dodgers and the Angels because I know everybody wants Astros to lose in California. Um, but yeah, Verlander may be back for that series um, at Dodger Stadium. But for now, we're just looking – for this week and obviously Verlander will not be there, which is definitely going to be a big help. And obviously you've got Moki bets for the Dodgers. Exactly. And and the Astros Dodgers series, that's kind of been the, the one that we've all been looking forward to um, from the beginning. Um, but the Angels Astros, I think those series, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's now maybe when you get to play the Astros is now possibly the biggest differential in either either division in the west um yeah because this team is going to be if if Verlander's out for three weeks 
then this team, it's a lot better, obviously, to face them now. Even if you didn't have Verlander um, scheduled coming up, there's still one person that just got pulled up that wasn't normally going to be on that staff. They're now there. And remember, AT&T, or Minute Maid Ballpark, or I forget, I can't keep up with the names anymore, but the Astros, Astros Stadium is a heavy, heavy hitter-friendly ballpark. I mean, I feel like you give me an aluminum bat and I feel like I might be able to ch- chuck a couple out uh, down the, le- uh, the right uh, left field line, but it's really interesting. I do expect to see the angels really, they have to do the, they have to do well against the Mariners because I kind of look at four in the American league West, the Mariners are the giants and kind of ver- conversely, because there are four teams and Rangers, okay, eh, maybe, but they could possibly compete. The Mariners and Giants don't really have a really good shot of competing. Um, so it's what you do against those teams that is going to be key. And for myself as a Padre fan, looking over the schedule, we got really lucky in terms of um, the Dodgers play the Astros six times. And that's the most any NL and AL opponent will play each other. The Padres AL opponent six times this year is the Seattle Mariners. So I look at it, look, you got the Giants and the Mariners. You got 16 games against these two teams. If you really, really want to compete, you have to win 11 or 12 of these because these are bad teams, period. Now, look, they're professionals. Don't get me wrong. So they're going to win two or three. Like we saw with Pittsburgh today, we saw with, um, um, I'm drawing a blank, but there were a couple others. Uh, Detroit took two. Um, but there, there's going to be, it's baseball. It's not a, 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 the most talented team always wins. More often than not, it's the team that's the most cohesive, and especially with everything that's going on right now. They're, you're, you're seeing pictures of Max Scherzer watching a game from the stands. I mean, that's new for anybody. You know, if you're not in, if you're not dressed for that game, you are not allowed in the dugout. That is new for everybody. Everybody's just kind of trying to get their feet wet. And I think early on, the teams that handle this the best and kind of micro, a small sample is kind of with Shohei Otani. How does he deal with this adversity that he's dealing with now? You know, um, everyone goes through that. Now, maybe not as bad, but every, every pitcher is going to go through what Shohei Otani went through today. Baseball is a game of failure. This guy right here, Tony Gwynn, he, he, he would hit 300 every year of his career. That means he failed 70% of the time, folks. So you have to be mentally strong in this game to pick yourself back up, get back after it tomorrow, um, or in Shohei Otani's case, four or five days. So I'm really excited to see not only the Angels, how they deal with that, but how the Angels deal with the Astros. Because yeah. I, have a, I have a futures bet for the Angels to win the West, and they could win me some money. And uh, uh, I'm hoping I, I don't have a ton of confidence, but but <laughs> – I'll be right right behind Brianna cheering them on. So. Yeah, I mean, I hope the Angels would win, but obviously my child's – the yeah. due date for his child is literally the day after that series is supposed to end. So you don't know if he's even going to be there for this series. I hope that he is um, because that would be a major help, um, obviously. But you just never know. It's just that one of those one-of-a-kind seasons where it's so short that anything could happen and – we don't even know what the rules will be for when he wants to return either. Exactly. Will he have to stay out for 10 days or will it only be for a few days? Exactly. And that's a great point. And uh, that's just 2020 pretty much how it is. I think that's another thing with the Verlander injury. Like, okay, yeah, a couple weeks, no big deal. But what about, you know, what if, what if during this, maybe he comes in contact and he tests positive for COVID and 
you know, then it's another two weeks. So there's a lot of crazy things that are going to be going on, but looking forward for the Padres, um, this is a lot of, a lot of similarities with the angels. Look, we get our Mariners version. Um, we get, we're heading up North uh, to the Bay. We're going to play the giants. We, and I, I, I say we, um, because I don't care. I feel like I'm a part of the team. Spent a lot of money. I've put a lot of uh, time, tears, and effort uh, following this team. So, yeah, I call them we. Get over it. Um, but so the main thing for me is how this team is going to deal against – do against the bottom half of – or the bottom part of the division. Um, and that's what's coming up this week. I believe we got the Giants, and then the uh, the Rockies will be – rolling through later in the week. It will actually be at Coors Field. So I don't have to sit here and tell you kind of the challenges that Coors Field um, bring out as is. It's, you know, the elevation. Um, the, not only just the ball flies, just yourself. You know, that, that, that double is going to be a double. Or maybe it's a single to Eric Hosmer. And sorry to call him out, but he's a little bigger guy, you know. And, you know, the, the, those, those uh, triples or doubles and those doubles or singles and, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're extra, you're tired. You actually just ran out, made a great play in the field. Ball gets hit to you. You make a mental error, you know, things like that. So there are things that have to be dealt with Padres, Giants and Rockies. You put that down. They have to win both these series. Every team, if you need, if you want to compete right now, it's about winning series. Obviously look, games are really important. But it's still like most in baseball. It used to always be in baseball. Just win the series. Win the series. Everything else will work itself out. You're going to have less series, obviously, this year. But if you can go out and, look, win tomorrow, and you win the first series, and then you win the next two, you're 3-0 in those series. I know it sounds really easy, right? But you can find yourself in a situation. This is not a, a, a time where, oh, we can get off to a slow start. Don't look at the, what happened with the Dodgers yesterday because that's not the Dodgers that we're going to be seeing. The Dodgers are going to get off to a fast start if the Padres really want to, uh, uh, to contend for this division. They're going to have to get off to a quick start too because they're not making up 10 games in September. So the Padres right now, these are the moments. Look, the Diamondbacks and Rockies, all right. I think the Padres are better than them. I know the Padres are better than the Giants. So they have to make these series worthwhile and uh, kind of looking forward we already kind of talked about um the obviously the dodgers angels or i'm sorry the dodgers astro series um and then just throwing it out there the dodgers will end the series or end the week next week with a three-game set with the diamondbacks so that'll be an opportunity um and i think that's interesting for padre fans look the Padres can go out and get three out of four from the D-backs and then see how the Dodgers – or how the Diamondbacks play against the um, Dodgers. Could give them a little – you know, who knows? Maybe the, the Diamondbacks play them a lot tougher than people think. The uh, Padres will feel a little bit better about themselves um, winning, hopefully, like I said, crossing fingers, three out of four. But we'll see how tomorrow goes. Um, I, I, I – the end of the day, you have to take care of what's in front of you. You can't worry about what other teams are doing, especially this early in the year got to win these two series. The Giants and Rockies are two teams that you are better than, um, or at least on par with. You have to get these wins when they're presented to you because you still have 10 games against the Dodgers on the docket. And if you win four of those, you might, you might get a parade here in San Diego. And I'm just going to say, if you can win two out of three at Coors Stadium, you're good. Because yeah. California, being a Los Angeles girl, going to school in Colorado, having been at Coors Field, having dealt with that elevation – it sucks. 
So obviously the Rockies are going to have an advantage when it comes to that. But so like, if you can get two games out of a three game series, like that's good. Cause like elevation like sucks and you can get elevation sickness. It, it's no joke, but. Well, and another thing too, also, it, you know, it, I, I don't think there's anybody, but I know there used to be a football player. I think it was Ike Davis or he was a cornerback for the Steelers. He had sickle cell and he couldn't play at mile high. And I don't, I don't know of any um, situations of that um, in terms of baseball, but you see it at least in the football or in uh, on football sidelines. And I'm sure you'll see it, you know, if someone legs out a triple and they got the, they got the oxygen mask because it is, if you're not used to it, you can sit here and be ready for it. All you, okay. I know the air is going to be thin, but are you going to tell your, tell your lungs and all that stuff? No, it doesn't work like that. So it will be very interesting for, um, for the Padres because they have to win these series. This is a sprint and they are going up against Usain Bolt essentially in their division. The Dodgers are going to get off to a fast start period. I expect 20 games in, they're going to be 14 and six, 15 and five. Padres, you know, if they're 11 and nine, you probably already are looking at a wild card spot. So, which wouldn't, of course, be the end of the world. I understand that, but we need to try and uh, try and contend. So, um, that's pretty much all I have for um, for my side of things. Brianna, do you have any uh, final thoughts heading into week two, or I guess uh, getting ready to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of baseball, where it's not just the first couple days we'll actually see long sample sizes. I'm just hoping Joe Madden has a plan for when Trout goes down, um, for when he's out seeing the birth of his first child who happens to be a son and hopefully he plays baseball. Um, I'm really hoping that Madden has a plan for whoever is going to be in that number two spot and in center field because it's coming up a lot quicker than you think. So that's, that's all my thoughts on it. Yeah. And that's a great point. Now I will say everything that I've seen or heard or, my, my prior knowledge of Joe Madden is he's, I would suggest he has something up his sleeve or, I mean, look, Joe Madden's a great manager, but you cannot replace the best player in baseball, period. That's just all there is to it. But I feel like if anybody can, or at least maybe find tricky ways to maybe make it not hurt as much, it would be Joe Madden. Um, be really interested to see how that goes. Hopefully, obviously, first and foremost, health of that child is the number one concern. Um, and then, you know, enjoy, enjoy the time. If you decide, if Mike Trout decides to come back, hopefully when he comes back, it's a smooth, uh, a seamless effort because look, game of baseball is better with the best players. Um, we've are, we're already missing Juan Soto. Um, David Price isn't terribly at the top, but we are missing some good players. We are going to probably lose out on Mike Trout. Um, hopefully only for a small amount, but once again, that's his decision. I, Trust me, nobody out there in this world has any right to, um, to judge Mike Trout's decision on that. And like I said, if, if you honestly believe that Mike Trout owes something to you because, uh, because you're a fan, then, then you, need to, you need to put the pipe down. So with that, folks, that's all we have for you. A great Sunday. It's been a great week of baseball. And uh, we got plenty more coming. It, we, we waited a long time. We had to wait to get sports back, um, especially baseball but it's going to be coming fast and furious at us now. We'll be back with you next Sunday to do the same thing all over again. Uh, we're going to break down the MLB, and then we're going to break down the Southern California side of things. Talking baseball, don't forget, follow us on Twitter. Myself, first report, dropping picks every single day, including live bets, so keep an eye on that. 
because look, we got to make money watching sports. We enjoy it. Why not make money off of it as well? Thank you all so much for listening, folks. Once again, my name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. Thank you again so much for listening. Go wash your hands and don't hate.